Right. Uh, was that your pitch for Bitcoin? That's what it sounded like. <laughs> Decentralized. I think, I think... DeFi? Yeah, Decentralized DeFi. Yeah. yeah. David just recommended everybody buy Bitcoin. No, no. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at mach1fg.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to mach1fg.com for more information. All right, so episode number 71 at the Mach 1 Market Moment. Today we've got a conversation a conversation I'm looking forward to. This has been something you've seen, probably seen the headlines a lot. You know, everybody's been talking about inflation is inflation transitory and you know? well this is kind of one of those headlines and what it is 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 the status of the world's reserve currency it's currently where the u.s the uh, status that the u.s dollar has and today we're going to touch on the importance of that maybe even getting taking a step back whether it is important or not what that means um, what is what it's led to for us as a nation what it might mean if we ever lost that status and so, really interesting conversation. Um, David's going to put on his historian hat and, <laughs> and educator hat and, and teach us a lot today. So, um, that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, but I guess we can start by why are we talking about this? Like I said, the, uh, the, it's been a hot topic as, as of late. The decline in the U.S. Do- dollar has br- really brought this question uh, front and center. So, let's, let's listen to what Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, had to say back earlier this summer. You know, the dollar is the world's reserve currency. There really is uh, no currency that's close to being able to compete. That's, that's because of our, our democratic institutions and uh, our record of maintaining uh, uh, low inflation and because we have open capital markets and, and are great traders with the rest of the world. And I don't see anything changing in that. David, we, we heard what Powell said. Let's let's take a step back and just define what does it mean to be the or what is the world reserve currency and what does that mean? It's basically um, think of it as like the king of the hill of all currencies in the world. Um, it uh, since the U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency, other other countries can store. Uh, U.S. dollars, they, they can denominate their debt uh, in U.S. dollars. They, they, can, they need to convert their currency into dollars, for example, to buy energy and things like that. So it's, it's critically important. Um, think of it, th- here's a good analogy to help people understand, I think, better what it means to be the world reserve currency. Um, and I, I didn't come up with this analogy on my own. I can't remember where I, I heard this or read this, but... Uh, but anyway, imagine that you're in Las Vegas and there's all these casinos and there's 
one casino in town that all the other casinos uh, will kind of accept their poker chips from. Well, if you're that, if you're that one casino, you can essentially print or create uh, a virtually unlimited number of poker chips because your chips are always going to be in demand by all the other casinos. So you have a virtually unlimited demand for your chips. So you can just kind of keep keep creating them uh, without devaluing or without devaluing your your chips as much. Well, that's essentially that's a pretty good analogy for for what it means to be the world reserve currency. All the other central banks around the world es- essentially accept U.S. dollars, and uh, and so it makes the U.S. dollar um, more valuable, and it makes the Fed able to essentially print or create dollars out of thin air uh, to issue more debt with, and so it allows the U.S. to kind of um, that's part part of the reason why uh, you see our debts just going through the roof because we can kind of get away with it, so to speak, because of the fact that we are the world's reserve currency. Right. One thing I learned. So this was I understand what the like whole world reserve currency was, but I didn't know a lot of the details. And as we were looking into this, um, it was interesting to you know this. So we currently have the status as kind of the the world reserve currency. But we're not the only currency that countries hold on reserve. And so, right. so I have this article actually comes directly from the IMF or the um, International Monetary Fund. And it references how the U.S. dollar reserves by central banks has actually been declining. So it's dropped um, to its lowest level in, in 25 years during the fourth quarter of last year. So it, um, it went from 71% to 59% of all reserves. And so it's definitely still the leader. I think the number two is the euro at around like 20%. So it, the euro makes up about 20% of central banks' reserves. But it's just interesting. You know, we're not the only reserve currency or the currency kind of ex- looked at, in that, but we're by and large the most commonly accepted. So how long is this going to last? How does it – How's how does this change as we drop down to 50%? Yeah. 40, you know, it may not be a, something that happens overnight. It's just a slow, gradual. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think the one of the keys to maintaining our status as world reserve currency, which I think is critically important, we'll talk a little bit later in the podcast about what are the ramifications if we lose it, but you kind of heard it in Jay Powell's quote. He said, uh, towards the end of it, he said, you know, there's really no other currency that comes close. And one of the reasons he said is because of quote our record of maintaining low inflation well that's uh that's kind of in doubt now right we're starting to it was less than a year ago that the fed told us that the inflation that we're seeing in housing and energy and food and everything else was quote unquote transitory well here just just within the last few weeks they've told us that well you know we don't think it's quite so transitory we think it might be here for a year or so well, and who knows if they're right about that? Right. I mean, they, it could be here for multi years. Um, so, the the if you think about the Fed's dual main mandate, which is to maintain you know full employment or as close to full employment as possible and maintain low inflation, um, they haven't. If you look at their history, they have not done a very good job throughout their history of either one of their dual mandates, and and we're seeing it right now in terms of inflation. So, if if maintaining low inflation is, um, you know, one of the 
the bragging points that the Fed is pointing to as to why there's no other currency close. I, I think, uh, you know, that's that tells you that inflation is is something to keep your eye on as to whether the U.S. dollar dollar status as world reserve currency is in jeopardy at all. Right. And another article I was reading earlier, I actually don't have it in front of me, but it was talking about why kind of to Jay's pal's point to support it, why the uh, why there's no current oncoming threat to and it was this article was talking about how the how the central bank is separate from the political you know parties right and that was all that's always been a benefit yeah. to the United States because yeah. you have you have countries like China everybody's you know worried about China just owning us not that that's not something that we shouldn't be aware of but this article's point was yeah but China is not going to be the world reserve currency anytime soon because their country controls everything. Or their political system controls everything. Like who wants to own that currency? When right. They know it's controlled by a select few. It's not a free flowing capitalist, you know, society. Which I thought was a good point. But then it made me think of well, how free from <laughs> yeah, how, politics? How far away? Yeah, exactly. How far away are the, are we from that right now? Exactly. You know, and to your point, Matt, the the Fed and the Treasury were always supposed to be you know, not in bed together, so to speak. And now you see um, who was the former uh, right. chairman of the Fed, uh, Janet Yellen, and now what's her position? Yeah, she's at the Treasury. Treasury Secretary. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're totally in bed together. They're supposed to be uh, separate. So, great point, um, you know, that we are starting to become that centralized government. One of the things that always made America strong economically and politically was the decentralization of government, right? You see it, you saw it in the military back in the day. It was one of the things that made our, our military great. You had centralized co control, but decentralized execution. You'd give the commanders out in the field latitude to make battlefield decisions based on what was right for them. And one of the things that made our, at the time, back when I was in the military, that made our, uh, our main enemy back then was the Soviets. And one of the things that we always knew was a major weakness of theirs was centralized control. Their, their warriors out in the field could really not make any decisions on their own. It all had to come from on high. And so they were not able to make quick decisions because of that. It was a, a, a distinct weakness. Well, the same thing applies in, in finance and government and politics. We are starting to, unfortunately, become that centralized control um, that we see that we see our adversaries of old uh, the weakness that they had we're starting to develop those same weaknesses right uh, was that your pitch for bitcoin that's what <laughs> yeah. it sounded like. decentralized i think yeah. i think defi yeah DeFi. Yeah. yeah david just recommended everybody buy bitcoin. <laughs> no no so, so okay so let's that's that's kind of where we've been that's why we're the world's reserve currency um that's it's just some kind of topics on that. But let's get into, I think, what everybody's kind of really curious about is, hey, all this historical stuff is great. How does it affect me or what does it mean if it were to change? Yeah. In other words, what would what would happen if the U.S. lost its status? Yeah, let's say we lost that status. Um, yeah. And to my point earlier, it may not mean that we're not like still kind of an accepted reserve currency. It's not that like no countries would hold it, but maybe we're not the dominant yeah. player in that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to the analogy that I gave a minute ago. So you've got the the casino, uh, one casino in town is, uh, you know, its chips are accepted everywhere. What if all of a sudden that casino switched instead of being, uh, 
I don't know, Caesar's Palace that was accepted all over Vegas. It became Bellagio or something. What would happen to the value of Caesar's Palace chips? They'd be devalued overnight, right? There wouldn't be nearly as much demand for them because they're only accepted at one casino instead of all of them. Well, the same, the same thing would happen in the event of the loss of the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency. There would be an immediate devaluation of the, of the dollar. Um, the U.S. would have to uh, start living within its means. You wouldn't be able to have a Fed that just could issue trillions and trillions of dollars of debt and just, you know, keep financing um, all of our spending, it, we would have to start to actually live within our means. And so I personally believe it would mean a dramatic change or a dramatic reduction in America's standard of living almost overnight, if that were to ever happen. So what do, as investors or, you know, people out there, what, is there anything you can do to hedge against or protect against? Well, I, no matter... No matter what the world reserve currency ends up becoming in the future, at some point it will change, right? The U.S. dollar is not does not have a birthright to be to always and forever be the world reserve currency. At some point, the U.S. dollar will lose its status. We just don't know when that would be. I or forgot when. What would, when was it? Seventy five? Was it seventy five years ago? When we became the when world? Became, yeah, I that's mean, right. It hasn't, it that hasn't been that long. It's been in our grandparents' lifetime. That's right. And I think if if you look at the if you look at the history of the world reserve currency, that's about what the average has been about seventy five years ish, um, between you know changes in which currency is the world reserve currency. So we're kind of getting long in the tooth as far as the dollar being the world reserve currency. So uh, you know what can so if we're getting long in the tooth in it, so to speak, uh, what can you do to protect against it? My belief is that no matter what the new currency becomes, you, you're going to have to, there's going to have to be some kind of exchange rate to exchange dollars, for example, into that new reserve currency, just like there's an exchange rate of dollars for euros or whatever currency you're going to. So the more dollars you can maintain, the the better off you're going to be. That will always be true. So... You know, I'm. And we may sound like a broken record here on this podcast sometimes because we talk all the time about the importance of hedging. So I, I think it's the same way. I think you want to hedge your investments if you're invested in, um, you know, stocks or whatever. You want to, you want to hedge uh, the downside risk. Um, some people would say, well, yeah, you want to, you want to hedge with things like Bitcoin. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to always be uh, anti-Bitcoin. I've always said from, from day one that at some point uh, the major sovereign powers of the world, whether you're talking about China or the United States, those are the two major powers in the world today, they're not just going to willingly give up the control of their currency uh, to let some third party that's not associated with the national power come in and take over as world reserve currency, for example. In fact, we just saw that in the news just a week or so ago. China finally outlawed Bitcoin, and they're going to make, China's going to eventually make their own, if they haven't already done it, I know they're in the process of doing it, they're going to make their own digital yuan, you know? And so that's where I think the world is going to be going. You're going to see a digital yuan, you're going to see a digital dollar, you're going to see a digital euro, but, and 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 all these countries are going to outlaw digital anything else digital defi you right. know whether you right. want to call it bitcoin or whatever the other competitors are 
Um, and eventually you're going to go to a digital one world currency. That's where I think things are going. But I don't know. I mean, do you have any other ideas about how to hedge against it? Well, I don't, I don't know. I think I kind of see it as this slow unwinding, not necessarily yeah. this like catastrophic, oh, we wake up one day and yeah. our dollar is worthless and we can't you know, right. buy anything. Because uh, going referring back to the article I referenced earlier, they were saying, you know, for us to lose it also means someone else has to step into that role. That's right. And who who would who is currently really even close to that being? And he made this this author made a good point. You know, going back to China, well, they're you know they're a dictatorship, communist yeah. country. Like the world's not thrilled about them playing in that you know serving in that role. You know, the euro's kind of a mess with. The UK and like you know how much instabilities in the euro, um, the yen you know you got over in Japan. So it's it's like there's these players that you could see, but just nothing looks like it's gonna be happening overnight. And so I don't think me personally I'm worried too much about like this catastrophic event that I have to like prepare put, for put food and ammo in the bunker yeah. for kind yeah. of thing. But to David's point, planning, saving, having as much money as possible for whenever that time does come, whether it's 10, 15, 20 years from now, whenever, um, I think you're going to be better off just the more money you have. So I know that's a, that's kind of a yeah terrible response, but no, I, I'm, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I, the truth of the matter is, I mean, the hardcore truth is I'm not sure that there is anything that can truly be done to prepare for, for that type of of an event you know some people you mentioned bitcoin some people might say like precious metals gold and silver i was listening yeah. to a podcast actually at lunch that said and this is not a knock against gold and silver okay so i'm not like anti-precious metals but he, he said you know back in the i think it was the 90s the dow was at like and i'm gonna butcher this but the dow was at like eight thousand and the no the dow was at 800 and, the, and gold was trading for 800 dollars an ounce you know and the, now the dow's at like 40,000 35,000 and the and gold's at like 1700 an ounce yeah. and so it's you know it's gold or silver could it help could sure but it's like how long are you willing to right. hold it exactly. and sit there and you know not do anything for you that's right i mean you got to be really you really as a gold or silver or maybe even bitcoin if you're willing to put a certain portion of your assets in there and it literally not do anything for decades at a time, you know, then maybe, you know, yeah. but most people don't, aren't willing and don't want to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. anyways, just save, plan, put money aside, invest, hedge, like David said, um, try to mitigate the extreme losses like we always talk about. Make sure you have as much money as possible. Yeah, I think, I think the lesson here is, you know, even though we're talking about it, it is important for people to understand what the heck it even means to be, what what it is the importance of world being world reserve currency to the United States dollar and to the American average American citizen. Right. It's critically important. It it's it's responsible for our the the high standard of living that we as Americans enjoy today. But is there anything that you can do about it realistically? If we were to lose that, probably not. So let's hope that Jay Powell's right. And that, uh, and I think he is right to the, when he said, you know, there's no other currency out there that can come close to competing with the U.S. dollar. So let's hope that that continues to be true for for quite some time. So it's important to understand what it means, um, but it's also important to not worry too much about factors that are beyond, beyond your control. Well, actually, I do know what they can do. We talked about this during our prep time. They can, they can vote for fiscal conservatives. Yes. 
I mean, that's in all true. honesty, that's in all the, honesty, that's about yeah, that's a great point. Matt. That's Go the ahead. one thing you know. If, if too much spending, inflation, too political, political of a central bank, all of those things are kind of the core yeah. issue here. Again, not that we'll be able to avoid it forever, but if we want to kick that can down the road as far as possible, voting for fiscal, fiscal conservatives, conservatives yep. is the most, I think, impactful way to protect against and that's, I wish I could think of the guy who said it, but he said, uh, you know, that once the American citizen learned that they could vote themselves money out of the U.S. Treasury, that basically that'd be the end of the American Republic and American democracy. And there's a lot of truth to that, unfortunately, um, because it's difficult to get people to vote counter to what may be in their own pocketbooks yeah. interest so um but that's but that's what you've that's what you've got to do if you want to maintain your um status as world reserve currency which translates to being able to maintain your quality of 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 life standard you've got to vote for fiscal conservatives that means people who won't tax to kingdom come and spend to kingdom come they believe in balanced budgets which guess what balanced budget means that means they're going to have to cut some benefits that might actually help you um but you have to be willing to do that you have to be willing to vote for for fiscal conservatives to uh that won't that won't just get the the budget blown way out of proportion and then get sky high inflation and then the uh the dollar becomes less and less powerful relative to other currencies then before you know it we've lost our status as world reserve currency and your standard of living tanks overnight that's where things end up if you if you don't vote for fiscal conservatives right yeah okay so to summarize what we're talking about today world reserve currency its current stat us dollar has that status holds the baton um, for that the amount of us dollars in reserve at central banks around the world has declined over the last 25 years and will likely continue to decline. Are we predicting or, or telling you something's about to happen or on the verge of happening? Not, not at all. But it's something to be aware about. It's something to educate yourself on because um, even if it doesn't happen in, in your lifetime, however old you are, it might be something you want to educate your kids or grandkids on and tell them and make sure that they're up to speed. So not... <laughs> As sad as it is, not a whole lot you can do about it, like we said, other than uh, vote, save, make sure you have a lot of, you know, as much money as possible, invest, um, and then just educate yourself on what all this means and how it, how it could impact you. As always, we want to we wanna throw out a thought of the day. So this comes from Mark Mobius. I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But the only way to consistently stay ahead of the game is to adopt a long-term view and, if appropriate, with a strong contrarian spend. So, as always, if you have questions, hit us up on the podcast tab on our website, email podcast at mock1financial.com, um, or you can call us here at the office. We'd love to take any questions, feedback that any of you have, and uh, we look forward to you, you guys joining us next time. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal legal advice.
advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com disclosures.